What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, all you dog-loving peeps out there? Tom Davis, America's canine educator here. Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast where we love, live, and of course, we work with dogs. You guys, I have a great episode with one of my online clients dealing with reactivity. Uh, not severe reactivity, but she's really concerned about uh, what her, she's, dealed with, she's dealt with a, a couple other trainers. She's confused on what equipment to use, uh, when to correct, when not to correct, uh, building confidence in her handling. She's Her confidence is, is not uh, where it needs to be to be successful with handling either. So uh, it's a really good buildup on, on how to become a better handler, be more confident, uh, understanding the proper tools and understanding when and when not to use them. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say if you guys haven't yet joined the official no Bad Dog Members Club. The link is in the description below. It is a awesome community that we've built. It's a subscription, guys. It's $19.99. You can cancel at any time if you ever needed to. Um, I am releasing unreleased podcast on there as well as all of the full-length footage of our YouTube videos. So when we film a YouTube video, it's usually an hour and change. You guys are getting 15 minutes of that. The whole thing is going up there. Um, but again, it's it's special because we're also building a community. Um, you guys are getting all of the notifications first for different e-collars and merchandise releasing. So it's a great community we've officially built outside of social media and YouTube and Instagram and here on the podcast. But uh, I appreciate you either way, whether you do or you don't. But I wanted to let you know we just launched it. It's very exciting. Um, it's it's growing. It's, it's a great community. So click the link in the description to officially join the No Bad Dog Members Club and enjoy this podcast. Um, I have a dog, obviously. That's why I said it's fine. Um, he is, he just turned two. He's a miniature Australian Shepherd. Uh, he has been showing reactivity since he was probably four months old. And I've been working with trainers since he was four months old. Um, so did positive, had done balance training with uh, what I later learned was a compulsion trainer, which didn't go well. And most recently, I've been working with another balance trainer in Austin um, that has been pretty successful, but I feel like we've plateaued. Um, he has redirected aggression. So basically, when he sees another dog, 
he will lunge towards the dog and then he'll snap back at me and he has managed to like get some bites um in never broken the skin just bruises but like it's pretty intense which has made um me a really nervous handler um because of that um and let me think okay so it's been a really long time since he's actually landed or redirected bite on me it's probably been maybe maybe a year I think since he's managed to tag me but the problem is that I'm not like I feel like we got to a good place and then he had he had a really bad episode and then now we're like back to like not square one because we can walk past like 90% of dogs fine but the problem is that he starts like looking over at the dog he starts checking them out and I don't really know whether he's gonna react um and the problem is if I try to correct too soon it puts him into overdrive um obviously I can't correct him while he's doing it because at that point like you know, all bets are off. Um, I was only correcting with the prong collar. He is e-collar trained. Um, the e-collar does seem to like break through his reactivity more. Like he has some barrier reactivity as well. And it, it works really well for that. Um, so I had kind of started playing around with trying to use the e-collar instead of the prong for when he was like checking other dogs out, just to like break his focus. Um, but my trainer specifically like doesn't really recommend using the e-collar for reactivity. So I don't really feel like I have a good playbook for how and when to use it. And obviously you read a ton of horror stories about how you can use it wrong, et cetera. And so um, I had been like interested in playing with that. My trainer also didn't, neither of the balance trainers I, I used recommended using food for him, even though he has really strong food drive. Um, and so he, he also is really into praise. So like, sometimes we can walk past dogs and I can just say like, good boy, good boy. And we can get through it through that. But he's like pulling a little bit and he's definitely nervous. And I don't really feel, I feel like we've gotten to a point where he like knows he's not supposed to react and he's really suppressing it. But I don't really think that we're like conquering the fear. He's, I, I crazy overwhelmed him with dogs as a puppy. Like I wanted, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I basically put him in dog daycare and like did all the things that you weren't supposed to do. And, um, turns out, I think he just like, isn't that, isn't that like dog, he's not a dog's dog. Um, and so I think that unfortunately like that ingrained in his head very early on that, like I was not gonna, you know, advocate for him with other dogs he started showing like stranger reactivity but really that's so much more manageable and like we have absolutely no problem walking past people full strollers etc like talking to people he probably had like one week where he was maybe barking at people and he does have like when people come into the house you know he does bark but he's place caught trained and so he'll calm down and he understands that like people are not going to get in his space if he doesn't want them to but he doesn't obviously he doesn't have that same perception with dogs because i think because i just like ruined it when he was puppy okay so right now what is your your biggest concern it would be the reactivity and then the redirection on the leash that's right yeah i just like want i don't i don't feel like at this point i don't feel like i know like i feel like it's kind of like a dice roll when we're on a walk <laughs> um because i don't know when to communicate and um and while he's like gotten really far i feel like yeah i just feel like i don't know when and how to communicate to like get him out of it and then i'm scared of a redirection as well 
Okay. So he's reacting to people and dogs on the walk? No, he just reacts to dogs. We He was like, he had been starting to build up some people reactivity, but like yeah. doesn't, doesn't have it at all anymore. Okay. That's good. Um, so with the dogs, he's lunging, growling, barking, redirecting, grabbing the leash, throwing a tantrum, etc. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And right now you're using, uh, you bounce through a couple different trainers and right now you're using a prong collar, uh, with just verbal praise on the walk. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, so his redirection, obviously that's the biggest concern. Second to that would be the reactivity in general. When he does react, how often does he redirect? Is it every time? It, the past few times he has not redirected. Um, when he was younger and when we were, you know, still in the early stages of training, it would be every time. Um, it definitely seems like it's gotten better, like as in so my association is that he might redirect every time, but that's actually not what's happening right now. But like, you know, I'm like a little bit traumatized from when he was doing that, Mm -hmm. but in actuality, it's probably like one in every five times and he's not reacting that often anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I would say like, maybe like once a month, he tries to like redirect because it's like, he has a reaction maybe once a week. Um, So you're just trying to make and that. You're just trying to make that to zero. I'm making that. I'm trying to make that to zero. I'm also super like, to be honest, like I'm playing it super safe. It's like, you know, we got to a point where we could kind of walk past dogs, etc. Uh, and then he had he had like a really bad backslide, and so now it's like I don't really try it. I don't really try walking past like nervous dogs. Like if I can tell, they're gonna be like at the end of their lead or anything like that. Like, I know that's going to set them off. Um, you know, I only cross dogs if we're like a street slip away. So I'm also playing it like super safe on the distance. Um, and, and that's definitely like, obviously, um, okay. really helped not have reactions. Sure. Okay. So right yeah. now you're just trying the to- neighborhood is definitely the worst. We can go to like a local park and have a much better walk where there's like a lot of dogs around but the neighborhood is definitely like where it seems to happen, where it seems most likely to happen. Okay. And got it. So, and, uh, and right now, uh, with that being said, uh, so you're, you're, you're really focusing on building your confidence back up as a handler, as well as trying to minimize. I mean, I don't even want to say minimalize because it is minimalized. It's once a month. Uh, and if you're walking every day, yeah. that's, that's very, uh, small, small, small amount of times. So, um, so what, what would you say your, your biggest goals, your biggest tackles, the biggest things that I can help you with? What, what, what would that be right now? Cause I, cause it sounds to me like one, one out of 30 times of reactivity isn't significant. Yeah. I mean, one out of 30 is I think manageable for like, I guess the redirect bite. I, I personally don't feel like I'm like getting through to him. Like, like I'm feeling like it's a dice roll when we're walking past another dog. And so that uncertainty and like that lack of communication is what is stressing me out because I think we've gotten as far as we mm. have gotten because like the corrections were working, but now we seem to be backsliding and I'm not sure I'm not even using corrections anymore because sometimes that will cause him to react. 
So I just have no idea like when to intervene, um, which means I think I'm like, which to me means I'm like losing the confidence and the strength of my handling because it's kind of like, it's totally up to him now as to whether or not he's going to react. So you feel like you've just lost control? A little bit. Yeah. It's like, I think he's got, he's gotten a lot better. Um, just through because we've been working through this for like so long, but I don't feel like I know when and how to communicate with him. I don't know like which tool to use. Okay. Like I still feel like he's like scared shitless of other dogs. Like he, it's not like we walk past with no reaction. It's like he still does the like, mm-hmm. you know, check in, like heads down, cowering his tail will start to go up. It's just like, it's kind of a dice roll as to whether or not he's going to like go over the top. Yep. Got it. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's unravel and, and figure it out. So what I would do is, uh, like 10 different things. So you have to, you have to be versatile when you're working with problem solving. So it's not, it's not as easy as just black and white of like, do this or do that. Sometimes it is when you're there, but um, so what, what you have to do is you have to, you have to change your handling. Cause if you're, if you're, if you're not seeing results, that means you have to change what you're doing, obviously. But, uh, the biggest thing when you're handling with dogs is your handling. So the way that you're talking, the way that your body posture is, your shoulders, your eyes, your breathing, everything plays a role in how that's going to go. And so, um, the other big thing to add into this mix is just the variable of the other dog that you can't control. So it's a difficult <laughs> and frustrating um, build just because it's not like you can control the variable that you have a problem with, which is your dog. You you can control that somewhat, but you can't control the other dogs, which makes it like a, like a fun house at the fair is you just yeah. don't know what the heck's going to pop out and what sounds and what whatever. So... What I would be doing is doing the best you can to change things up. So going out, I mean, right now, if you're on the prong, that's fine. I think for handling, it's fine. Um, And and, and also, like, don't be afraid to use – what kind of e-collar do you have? Uh, I have a mini educator. Okay. So you don't – you can use multiple different tools at once uh, Mm -hmm. because they all do different things, like showing up to the job with a screwdriver and a hammer. It's not a big deal. They're they're both two different things. So uh, the only problem I would say is with when you're using the remote collar, uh, the introduction of how it was introduced is is, I I don't know um, because you've trained with a couple different trainers, uh, which is is normal, totally normal. Um, It's very rare that I deal with somebody who's never seen a trainer before they talk to me. Um, so that's okay. But I would just say, make sure that when you're, when you're doing this, um, when you're getting, and I know the redirection isn't big because it's, it's, it's very minimal. Uh, it's very small percentage of time. Um, so I'm not too concerned with that because I don't think you are either. Um, but when you are getting that redirection, a lot of times it's going to be a physical redirection. So if you're correcting a dog physically, that's where you're going to see redirection. Very, very rarely. Um, I, I can't remember a time where a dog redirected on me by using the pager function. That's why I like using the Dogtra, the 280C, um, mm-hmm. and uh, because it has that H, what they call HPP, which is a high-performance pager. So the mini educator is probably a third of vibrate of what the Dogtra 280C, the, the Tom Davis unit that we have now, has. Um, it's a very intense vibrate. So anyway... Um, 
that's something that I have used in the past. Just to go over the, the redirection thing really quick, mm-hmm. I would suggest using, um, I, I would be hesitant to use the prong collar during the reaction because that's where you're going to see a lot of the redirection. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me because it's not consistent that it also has a lot to do with the other dog and how built up he gets. So as he's building right. up as a dog, one through 10, like bing, bang, bing, 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 bing. Um, I think that the build and the re- because the redirection isn't consistent, that tells me that it's the other dog that's really sparking the variable. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like every time we see this dog on this corner, he redirects no other time. Right. It's not like that. It's very one out of 30. And and if you get yeah. one out of 30, you can't, you know, or if you walk twice a day, it's one out of 60, you know, so you can't, right. you can't nail that down. But anyway, I, I can say that the correlation between correcting the dog physically and having the dog redirect on a leash is major. So yeah, he, um, He redirected as a puppy before we did any tools. Like that was part of why I started training him so early. Like Mm. that was just his natural, his natural inclination seemed to be that. Um, And so that's, it's just, honestly, like it feels so ingrained. I don't know if it's Mm because he's a herding dog or what. Um, but it's like, that was the whole thing that prompted this journey was that as a puppy, like a four or five month old puppy, he was like lunging back at me mm-hmm. and we were using like a martingale, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and yep. no, and, and no forceful, like, you know, no, no, like it was very like force free at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that just, that's good information that just tells you that that's, that's who he is then. Um, yeah. and, and, and a lot of times, uh, I would say. Um, is he like, is he from a working line, like breeding? I'm honestly, I don't know. You know, I wish I had done more research into the breeder. I, I did see on her page that like, I don't think he's the only one that has like this kind of anxiety. <laughs> so I don't think she was the best breeder. Um, right. and so he might've been working line, but I think he also like made like just some of his litter mates were also a little bit like shy, anxious, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, the only um, reason why I'm asking is just because a lot of people who get like I see a lot of people who get Australian Shepherds, Mini Aussies, Border Collies, uh, any type of working herding dog, and they get them and they're they're exactly what they got and they don't realize yeah. that like they are not good yeah. pets at all. Nope. Right. I I would much rather have a Malinois than an Australian Shepherd or a Border Collie or any type of those really high intense farm dogs um, mm-hmm. because they they are very difficult to, to, to make a pet, you know, they're very, you can, you can easily do it with a shepherd or a Malinois or Dutch shepherd. It's a lot easier because they're more inclined to, to work with you and, and other herding breeds are more inclined to be very independent and want to go and work. And so my point is, is it's, it's, Sometimes you get uh, like the, the, the tipping scale tips both ways where a pet owner gets a herding dog Mm -hmm. and is upset that it's, it's the way that it is. When, if you were to give that to a person that lives on a farm, they would be disappointed if it didn't act like that. Right. You know what I mean? That high intensity frustration. Don't touch me. This is my job. I have to do this. I'm very focused on it, you know? So I guess just keep that in mind to move forward. It doesn't help you now. I'm just letting you know. And, and I kind of just asking the questions because some people, you know, I talk to so many different people, which is why you're on the phone with me is really just the data I have in my head about dogs. And some people do 
two years of research before they even called right. a breeder, you know, and some people right. don't have any idea. So I, that's why I was asking. Um, but anyway, so just keep that in mind that, uh, sometimes, uh, the best working dog in the world can become the worst pet for people because right. Right. it's, it's not meant to be a pet, you know, and, and a right. lot of breeds are, are really foundationally bred probably for that. Um, yeah. and that's what I've been seeing a lot of. That's why we created the no bad dogs, uh, whole thing. So anyway, yeah. um, so, okay. When you're handling again, confidence, um, make sure that when you're out, do you have a break command? Uh, off his play Scott, but not like, not like, okay. So rain. when you're yeah. out, when you're out, when you're working with him on the leash, he doesn't have a, does he have a heel command? He does have a heel, but um, I don't use it as much because honestly, he's always kind of in a heel. Like he, um, he's, I mean, he's an amazing loose leash walker. It's just the dog mm -hmm. thing, right? Mm -hmm. So the first trainer I worked with had a heel command. He, I can do an off leash heel, no problem. Um, I can do an on leash heel, et cetera. But now he just kind of, he walks in a structured way. So he's kind of always in a heel. Okay. Do you feel like that that's just like what he wants to do or that's what he feels like he has to do? Um, I think it probably feels like what he has to do. Okay. Yeah. That's why yeah. I was asking because, uh, you have to, you want to give him a job, but you also need to be able to release mm -hmm. him from a job because then he'll get frustrated and, yeah. and the reactivity from, from these types of breeds, uh, and, or dogs who are just insecure in general and don't want to react judging by what you've told me, his, that's what's happening is he really probably doesn't really want to do it. He feels like he has to. So mm -hmm. a lot of that is built off frustration. Um, so one thing you, what you want to do is you want to, you want to change things up with him and wor work him, basically work him, get yeah. him out, work him, move, change directions, calibrate, make sure that you're, you're constantly changing gears with him to keep him on you, keep him engaged with you. And it, it, it you can use motivation however you like, you can use a ball, you can yeah. use food, whatever gets him to say, Hey, I'm going to make a better decision to pay attention to you. Right. So when you're out, yeah. when you're out and you're working with him, two things is start having a more structured heel and break pattern to let him know okay. that he can be a dog. Because if he feels like he's locked in, some dogs just walk naturally next to you and that's great. Other dogs don't other dogs. Uh, they feel like, okay, they're trapped in this heel because they don't want to make a mistake because they work with somebody who's really heavy handed or, um, what, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That, that doesn't matter. The point is, is making sure that when you're working with him, you have a distinguishing break command to let him know that he can be a dog. Because if you say you go on a mile walk with him, right, mm -hmm. you or half a mile, whatever the heck it is, you come out and he feels like, okay, I have to be in a heel. He's in a heel. He's loose leash walking but he never has an opportunity to be a dog that, that doesn't allow him to decompress. That doesn't allow him to get frustration out. Just like with people, mm -hmm. if we woke yeah. up and right the minute we, we, we got out of bed, we're working. Um, and, and, and then, you know, same thing at the end of the day, it just never turns off. Um, you know, things are obviously going to get frustrated. I don't think that's the case with him. I don't think that he's like, yeah. I have to pay attention, um, unless I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm just saying, make sure that you make it more fun. <clears throat> make sure that you bring a ball, you bring a tug, you bring food, you, you break him and you give him an opportunity to be a dog and smell the roses a bit, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. the other thing is, is making sure that you're changing directions, uh, and you're, you're creating engagement. If you're going out with him, I just did a video on this. We just filmed a video on this for my YouTube channel where, uh, one thing to test your relationship out with your dog is if you're going out with him 
and he is is not engaged with you that's like the first step of dogs becoming reactive dogs because they're not checked in with you you don't exist you might as well drop the leash right you know like it's just the the teacher has left the room there's nope you don't matter you you don't exist anymore so make sure that when you're handling that you're not just going in one straight line you're changing directions a lot to keep him engaged with you so backing up, going left hand, so inside turns, outside turns, keep him engaged mm-hmm. with you. If your dog's not looking at you when you're out and you're working with him, that could cause uh, some some problems. Okay, yeah, his his engagement is pretty good. We do we do do a lot of change change direction. Um, in general, I think you're right though. Like I don't think walks are particularly fun for him or for me. Frankly, mm-hmm. we just kind of do it. Um, yeah. And I've been, <laughs> I've been like thinking about bringing tug or food. Like the, the last trainer I worked with was like super structured and it honestly kind of broke my heart a little bit because it was like, he had to be in place caught kennel or out on a walk and basically didn't get to do anything until mm-hmm. his behavior started improving, which just kind of like, it's like a shitty feeling, you know, cause mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I have this dog and he's like not in prison. Like it's not bad for him, but like, uh, now I can't even enjoy my dog in my own home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I, I don't think that you have to do that. Um, and, and as you know, every, every dog trainer is different and that's why I right. pride myself on, I was a dog owner and I was born with uh, the ability to teach and be a good teacher, I think. And, uh, I love dogs and I have this innate ability to work with them. And so anyway, so I, I encourage people to just realize that they are your dogs and, um, there's certain dogs that, I mean, if your dog was a man eater, I would say that that's probably a good <laughs> schedule for him, but that's not the case. It, to be yeah. honest with you, it sounds like everything you're doing is great. There's, there, there's l- very little things that you need improvement on from what you're telling me is he doesn't really react on the leash too much. And when he does, it's, it's, it's over with, uh, the only thing that you're having problems with is just building your confidence back up to know what to do with him. Um, because everything else sounds wonderful, uh, from what you've told me. So yeah. I would, um, yeah, I, I would do what makes sense to you and just what, what's fair to you. But I think when you're out with him, have more fun because you, you gotta, you gotta remember like as a dog, when he's out, he, you want to, you want to, you, you don't want to avoid, you're not trying to like, you're not trying to avoid certain situations. What you're trying to do is you're trying to create better situations for your dog when you're out for a walk. So Mm-hmm. you're obviously inevitably going to see other dogs and see other distractions. So you want to make it between you two. You want to make it like a fun game between you and your dog. Like with my mm-hmm. dog, Lakota, everyone always asks like, how did you get her to focus on you so much? And a lot of that is her breed. But when she was a young girl and even to, to today, she knows that to get what she wants, whether it's a ball, food, Frisbee or whatever, it has to go through a person. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be me. Like I've caught her out in the, cul-de-sac here playing with other people she doesn't care yeah so you need to create that hey if you pay attention to me and you go through me and you filter through me you're gonna get everything that you want and then everything Mm -hmm. else goes away especially when you're dealing with a dog that really doesn't want to react in the first place yeah or doesn't yeah i mean he he definitely if it were up to him like he would rather turn you know i think he would rather turn the other direction and (laughs) i tail it out of there as opposed to do the confrontation, we, I do hand feeding meal times are really fun. He loves working for his food. Um, 
he used to be a resource guarder. I have a second dog, second mini Aussie that's 11 and pretty much an angel. Um, and when, you know, for some reason he started going after my other dog, even though my dog had made no attempts to go after his food. This was when he was a puppy. Um, but now I can like feed Leo, hand feed Leo with Oso, like, you know, essentially next to him. And he knows that he like feels totally safe and confident. It's like a game, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'm going to sit, I'm going to down, I'm going to like, you know, stay here and then run and then get my handful of food. Um, and so like, yeah, I guess like I've been wanting to bring that into walks. I'm like a little bit, you know, I'm always a little bit perplexed because there's so many different training methodologies and it's like every mm-hmm. trainer is like, you know, do that. Like, and then it's like, if you don't follow, then like, you're not going to get the results. And so you're always kind of like, <laughs> doing this um weird dance where you're like i feel like something else might work better for my dog but i also have seen results from this particular training methodology and so like how do i introduce new things um but what is it it all up yeah what is it that you're i'm still trying to figure out what your problem is like there's from what you've told me it's like everything's great what what is the biggest thing that you're struggling with yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, do not know when to correct my dog. Okay. Like. That makes more sense. That helps. Yeah. So. Yeah. When... So it's the communication, like, down the leash. It's like, I don't know. I I just, we, we like, we're in the neighborhood. We're coming across dog. Could be a calm dog. Like, I feel much more confident with calm dogs. Reactive dogs are, like, in, you know, they're next level. But sure. I see him start to look. He's doing the thing. His head is down. His ears are perked. He's like sneaking looks over. Um, I think if the dog catches his eye, that's when it goes off. Mm. So if we get through and the dog like, and the, they don't like basically glance at each other at the same time. Yeah. I think that's when we have success. If by chance, like Leo looks over and the dog is looking over at the same time, then, you know, all bets are off. And the problem is that I see this all happening next to me. You know what I mean? Like he's next to me, he's looking over, et cetera. And I'm not sure when to correct because sometimes the correction escalates. Yeah. will just escalate it. Yeah. So, okay, great. That's, 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 that's that I can work with that. Um, so that's where your engagement comes in because you don't like, Mm -hmm. if you're walking, right you want to do a lot of drawbacks. So say you're walking with him, all of a sudden you backpedal, you say his name, you tell him to come, he comes to you. Is he food motivated? Yeah, he's very food motivated. Perfect. So he comes to you. Yes, you pay him. You put him in a sit. Yes, you sit. You go heel. You walk back and you do it again. So you're constantly keeping him on you. So think of, I call it a calibration. I've called it a tune-up. Um, lately I'm calling it like basically you're the magnet, like all of a sudden, wherever you go, your dog has to kind of clip to you. So when you're walking through situations where you say, okay, here's a reactive dog on a flexi with an owner who's not paying attention or doesn't give a shit. Right. So you're walking out and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is a situation where you want to keep your dog engaged with you. You want to say, Hey, you're not, so you're not correcting him because you don't need to yet because you're, you're using Mm -hmm. obedience and you're using positive reinforcement to counter the potential risk of reactivity. So you're not even there yet. So the the mm-hmm. pot of water that's starting to simmer is removed from the heat before it boils over, essentially. So you're moving out. You say, okay, right. this is a situation that can 
could tip my dog over, right? Can can really make my dog blow, blow yeah. over. So then what you would do is you'd come out and then you just say his what's his name? Leo. Leo, that's right. I had a Leo yesterday too. So you come out and you say Leo come and you just you just literally backpedal and then he just comes to you and he's so excited and then you have your treat already there. So don't wait. Like right. get a, get a piece of kibble if you're hand feeding him with kibble. Do that do the, do this in the morning or in the evening. And and you just it takes virtually 15 seconds. And you're going to be doing this periodically and and what it does is it it helps your engagement just in general, regardless of if he's reactive or he's not. Your dog is going to be paying attention to you because the good things come from you. And so you're in a competition right. with everything else around you. So let's just switch gears. Say your dog isn't reactive at all, but is interested in it actually is the opposite, wants to go play with every dog. Well, you have currency and you have competition everywhere. The butterflies, the squirrels, the sniffing, the rabbit poop, the other dogs, the other people, everything is in competition and everything has a price tag. You have to be the most valuable thing that you can be for your dog when you're outside. And so when you're out, you have to create that. It's something that just doesn't mm-hmm. come because you're, that, that's, what I was, that's what I deal with often. Somebody's, it always goes into line. The, 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 the lack of engagement from your dog then creates bad behaviors, period. Right. That's the stem. That's the, that is the nucleus of why bad behaviors happen. That's why things get worse. That's why things boil over is because the dog isn't paying attention to you in general. So we had a German, <laughs> same thing. German Shepherd came in yesterday. My dog is reactive. My dog doesn't listen to me. 12 months old, intact, big German Shepherd, 100 pounds. She had the dog on a leash. Bang, the dog's pulling her everywhere she goes. So she didn't have heels. She didn't have engagement. The dog didn't care. The dog loved her, but didn't care that she existed on the leash. That's a problem. So that's what you want to create when you're out, especially if you have good obedience and you have good skills with your dog already, which you do. So that's what the things that you would, you would start to do. So you would do mm-hmm. all of these things in practice. So you don't condition the dog that every time you see a dog that you back up because then they're going to cue on that. They're going to say, okay, every time you want me to do something else right. must mean there's another dog. So, and you don't have to do the yeah, backup. Yeah. You don't have to do the backup thing. You can, you can do many things. You can do inside turns and just going the other way and keeping your dog engaged. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. I noticed that he, yeah, he definitely gets triggered by crossing the street now. Cause mm-hmm. we usually cross the street when a dog's coming. Cause we, you know, we're not wanting to have, so he like, as soon as we cross the street, he's like on the lookout. Yeah. He's like, where is it? Where's the uh-huh. dog? So we started working on that. Yeah. You have to without be without dog, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, and you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, for like trying to, you know, like in terms of using, so he, 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 the e-collar is a recall tool for him. Mm -hmm. That's how he, it was introduced to him. Um, he, we mainly use it for recall and honestly, like he hardly even needs it at this point. Um, cause his recall is pretty good. Um, and so like, should I explore using the e-collar for reactivity? Like, if he's still kind of checking out or should I just like try this engagement thing, see how it goes. And then, you know, like both, I just still get confused about the correction. Yeah. 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 Well, the cor- you're not, but that's what I'm saying is I'm trying to step away from the correction. I'm trying to make sure you don't have to correct. Like, yeah. don't like, we'll talk about that in yeah. a second, but don't, don't worry so much about the correction because I want, I'm trying to build up, I'm trying to build up resources and exercises to, escape the correction altogether 
Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that, that's what I'm trying to do is don't worry so much about the correction. Worry about what you can do to make sure you don't have to correct your dog. So that's, yeah. what, that, that's the engagement part. You can use the e-collar for that. Sure. You can put it on a three or a four and say, Leo, come, you hold continuous. He comes to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Come you pay him. You do inside turns, yeah. you do outside. That's what I'm saying is you're handling, like you're in a predicament, you're in a predicament where damned if you do damned, if you don't, because you have to get better at your handling and you right. also have to get better at correcting, but the, the correction yeah. is something we'll talk about. That's, that's the easier one, but the, the engagement and the handling is something that's going to ultimately dismiss the reason to react in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you're getting to the core mm-hmm. of the problem from what I'm understanding. There's certain dogs that you yeah. can't, they just like to react and you have to correct. Yeah. That's your only option. Unless you just don't bring your dog outside, which some trainers tell people to do because they don't like correcting. But anyway, um, so what I would do is, uh, work on your handling and work on your engagement. Like if you're not doing that, if you're just taking a big deep breath and go jumping into cold water and say, Oh shit, here we go. And you're moving forward. Yeah. You'll fail all the time. You'll fail right. often because you, right. you're not doing the things that you need to do to give your dog the confidence that, that he needs to not react. Right. Cause you're, yeah. you're holding yeah, your breath like, sense. well, here we go. And he's like, yeah, yeah, and he's doing the same thing. He's like, here right. we go. I don't like this. Right. So you need to, you need to provide more. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting into is like the play, um, the, the healing, the breaking, giving him a job, giving him right. something else to do to, to go out and have more engagement. Cause if you're, if you're going out and you're, he's loose leash walking because he, that's just what he does and you're healing him about. And, uh, when you see a dog, you're like, well, let's see if this works and if this doesn't, let's see if, you know, it's a flip of a coin. You want to have yeah. more things in your box to do. So don't worry so much about the correction. Worry about engagement, do inside turns, turning into him, turning out to him, doing recalls, doing sits, doing stays, doing leave it's doing downs, doing focus commands. Um, there's so much stuff that you can do to, to get out of the, the reaction, um, uh, because it doesn't yeah. sound like he wants to do that anyway. So, yeah. Anyway, that's where I would start is, is making sure that you're creating engagement. Do an exercise where you do an inside turn, which is if he's on the left side, you turn right into him and you go the other way. And you go the other way mm-hmm. for two seconds, two minutes, or two hours. But you just turn, you go the other way. Yeah. So you're completely – so what you're trying to do is you're saying, hey, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And you're not begging him to do it. You're just saying, this is what we're doing. I'm switching gears and you, right. have, to, you have to be next to me. Right. So outside turns would be taking your right shoulder and going the other way. Going inside would be going into him, doing drawback recalls. All that stuff will get him engaged and kind of magnetized to you. And once you start paying yeah. him, he'll go, oh, this is great. This is fun. Yeah. So now we're outside yeah. and we're walking, but in tandem and in conjunction, we're also doing some, some really easy basic obedience on engagement. And if he's if he's food motivated the way that you say he is, Again, your price tag on what you have in your hand or you, the goal would be you, um, overrides everything else. Right. And then nothing else matters. And then you're you're in. And And I don't want you to be the type of person that's shoving food in his mouth as there's another dog around. What you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, there's a dog. Hey, let's do this. And he's like, sure, I'll do that. Good job. Bang, you pay him. Yeah. Hey, let's do this. Sure, I'll do that. Bang, you pay him. Hey, good decision, bud. Good job. And then as you get better, you'll be able to over 
overpower and override those situations with other dogs. So what I'm thinking about is you're walking forward, you see another dog, you say, Leo, come. He comes to you, sit. Yes, good sit. You pay him. Leo, heel. One, two, three. Yes, good good heel. You pay him. Leo, yeah. sit. He's looking right at you. He's wagging his tail. He's so excited. Yes, good sit. You hold. One, two, three. Leo, heel. Boom, you move forward. Bang. The other dog's gone. Yeah. That's it. Right. So, so yeah, okay. there, there's a big difference yeah. between, like, I don't like people avoiding situations and escaping situations unless it's absolutely necessary because this isn't necessary. This is something that you're just lacking handling. Like you're going to zero to a Mm -hmm. correction instead of, well, what about, because you're not dealing from what I understand. You're not dealing with the dog that needs to go there. There's a lot of dogs who I work with that you do need to go zero to a correction really quick. Like there is no in between. Yeah. They're out of control. Your dog isn't out of control. Your dog just has confidence issues. And you also have confidence issues with handling him and not knowing what to do. So mm-hmm. if you go out for a 20-minute walk and you see two dogs, say say you do a couple extra – say so do maybe 10 different exercises and you kind of combine them into one little thing. And you'll mm-hmm. do that. And maybe you only, you're only needing them twice, but the other eight times is just because you want to engage with him and you're creating engagement. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I think when he was younger, like he was a little like, like it was like he would go from zero to a hundred and honestly it was like impossible to work with him. Um, and so that's where the, the heavy handedness came from. But now I think he's much more like receptive mm-hmm. to being given another option. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think when he was younger, he wasn't. And f- food, he was food motivated, but food didn't outweigh, the currency didn't outweigh. Cause it was like stage what, square one of our training. You know what I right. mean? Like he, um, and it's just so interesting because it's like, with both the past trainers, they didn't recommend using food with him. And I really didn't understand why, because especially now that he's hand fed all the time, like he loves it, mm-hmm. you know, he loves, he loves working for his food. And so I just felt like, like I'm just like missing a giant tool and same thing with yeah. fetch or tug. Like he, he loves both of those things too. And so I was just using praise, which he also loves, but I just felt like there were like tools missing and I couldn't really understand like why, why they were recommending against it, I just didn't get it. Yeah, <clears throat> me neither. Doesn't make any sense. Um, food is a yeah. very valuable, just rewards in general, tugs, food, anything is like very valuable. And if you're getting a dog that's just insecure, unsure, hey, and I'm just figuring like, hey, I don't really know what to do, and there's another dog, and oh, God, I have to bark. And so if you're just like, hey, man, look at this, look at this, look at this, let's do this. They're like, yeah, 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 this is good, this is good. And it's like a win-win because you're working on engagement, building a better relationship. Your obedience is getting tighter. Your dog is working with you. But the bigger macro is the fact that he doesn't worry about other dogs because I just feel like when you get like a really working dog, it doesn't matter if it's a mini or an ultra mini or whatever the hell they're doing these days. Yeah, They're still dogs and they still need to, to work. And so if he's not getting a job outside and you're both holding right. your breath and another dog barks, it just boom, it, it bursts the bubble really quick. And you just need to take initiative and be more assertive to say, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, break. Hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, break. And then you're paying him throughout the whole time. And he's like loving it. And it just gains confidence. And and again, it just, it kind of, 
it, it, it gives you an opportunity to, to get rid of some of the other chatter in the background. And um, so, and then as far as corrections go, you can use, uh, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, but I think at the end of the day, you, you should be using what works and what he responds to. Um, right. I think you're going to find really great success with just using uh, countering obedience with like, hey, pay attention to me, basically. Uh, however, yeah. however, uh, I also think that if you do get into a situation um, where you need to correct him, which is, you know, probable in the future, just realistically, um, you can use the prong and say, hey, leave it. But you have to make sure that you're being on top of it and you're, you're catching it before yeah. it happens. So making yeah. sure that you're saying something. So if you say leave it and then you're correcting him immediately after if he doesn't disengage. Um, but I, I don't what, – what particular questions do you have? What are you having a hard time with with the correction? Yeah, so he, he has a strong leave it command. Um, and so I'll say leave it and he'll look away. Um, and that lasts for like one second. <laughs> And then he looks back, right? Mm -hmm. um, with dogs, with other things, it's like you know he he definitely understands the notion of leave it. Um, and so what happens is he looks away. You know he he knows that he's not he's he's like trying to avoid it, and then he keeps looking back. And at this point, I've already corrected him for like looking back once. Now he's like getting hyped up because he knows he's, I think he knows he's about to be corrected again. Cause he's like looking back. Mm -hmm. I've been told, I've been told small corrections. I've been told to do big corrections and just like knock it straight out of him, which doesn't seem to work either. Um, and you know, I, I've tried like the e-collar and like one time he did like kind of come back at me around that. Um, not like fully, like he just did a little like huff back. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's like, I just don't, I don't understand how to correct him in a way that doesn't escalate it because it seems like he doesn't, he doesn't typically listen to the first one and then we're getting closer. Yeah. Um, what type, what size prong collar do you have? Uh, I think it's, um, shoot. I don't remember. Um, let me see. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to see. I'd like to see what size prong you have just because if you don't have the right setup with your prong, it just won't work. That's a, that's a big problem people have. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's see. Does it say on the... Let me see it. I can see it. Uh, okay. Just grab it with your hand. I just need to see reference. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that would be easier. Uh, okay, I would say that's probably like a two point two five. It's like a smaller prong, which is fine. Is it sitting right behind his ears? Um, so he's kind of between sizes, um, and I had it with one one less prong, which does sit right behind his ears. But then he was actually starting to get like some infection, you know, just like not. It was starting to seem like it was like rubbing him the wrong way. Um, so I added a link. Because, you know, we sized him for it when he was a bit younger. Mm -hmm. And now it kind of slips down a little bit. So I've been thinking about removing that link again. Okay. Yeah, I would um, <clears throat> either that or, or um, make sure it is a – I don't – it's hard to tell on that, that thing. But uh, I think it's a 2.25. But, yeah, you can, you can add links and take links out. The other thing you can do is start using mm -hmm. like a, just like a slip leash. 
um, that mm-hmm. that's also pretty helpful. Um, I don't know if you've, you've, you've used any of those, but that that's just as helpful sometimes for some dogs just depends on how reactive they are. But, um, I have those on my website, uh, the, the professional slip leashes that I recommend. And, um, when you're doing this, also remember that you can use countering obedience to, to, to move away from the dog a little bit. So if you, if your dog mm-hmm. starts to build and you can start to see that build, um, you can just say, Leo, come. And then you can start backtracking and start walking backwards. And then if he doesn't, then you can correct him for saying, Hey, you know, you know, better than this, get your butt over. Yeah. Here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of that things. Makes sense. Yeah. Those, those are the types of things. So I, I call it counter conditioning. It's, it's not like traditional counter conditioning, but I call it counter conditioning with obedience or obedience counter conditioning, which basically means you're countering a potential uh, behavior flaw or behavioral uh, problem with obedience, very easy obedience right. that the dog knows, which means you're starting to come out. Your dog starts to huff and puff and do whatever it is that you think that they build on. And then you just say, Leo, come. And then he's kind of locked in on the dog as you're walking backwards. Bang, they get corrected. And then he moves towards right. you. You say, good, come. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily pay him with food because he, he did a little bit of hang time there. Um, and then you yeah. move forward and you kind of just keep doing that in. So, so when to correct is going to be when he starts to engage and he starts to build on another dog. You're going to immediately say, hey, leave it. So your right. your leave it your verbal is then reinforced by the correction if the dog doesn't leave it. So making sure that you're you don't want to associate um, the correction immediately once the dog starts to build. You just want to say, "Hey, quit the crap," pretty much. And if you don't, yeah. then it's reinforced. Then there's a, there then there's something reinforcing behind that. Um, so so that's what I would be doing. And you can do a slip. Um, you could do a prong. The e collar you could do. Um, the only reason why I'm hesitant to to say to use it is because I don't know how it was introduced with him. Uh, like where this the anything yeah. on a leash is is usually pretty straightforward. Of you're doing something I don't like and you're getting punished for it. And the e collar because it's mm-hmm. you know a modern piece of technology. Dogs don't they aren't as receptive to it. Um, so you have to be, just be careful how you're doing it. You certainly could do it. I like using the, the pager. I mean, so you can try that on the mini educator. Mm-hmm. You can just use the vibrate just to kind of yeah diverge them out of that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've been thinking about changing to a slip leash because, you know, I, I don't, the other thing about the prong that I've had some trouble with, which I use a safety clip now is it has mm. sprung off, yeah. um, which definitely doesn't help <laughs> my confidence. Uh, sure. And, and so, you know, I, um, we use a safety, safety backup now, but you know, I kind of like the idea of the slip leash, um, for that reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you can use the slip and you can use the prong with the safety. Uh, I, 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 you really just have to make sure that your, your handling is good. Yeah. So you want to be on top of it. Don't wait. So I know you said earlier, like when to correct, you want to, you want to try to. You want to try to remove the dog from the – you remove the mental situation from, from the dog. So essentially once the dog starts to build, you want to say, hey, leave it. Yeah. Correct the dog uh, if he doesn't leave it. Um, but you can also use some countering obedience because I, I find that dogs who are insecure and don't really want to react in the first place, but they do anyway, they tend to lean more towards like, hey, give me something else to do then. And so if you draw yeah. back and say, Leo, come, or you say, Leo, sit, or you or you just turn into him – like I have found a lot of reactivity has gotten better with just directional changes on a leash. I'm coming out. The dog is on my left. I immediately, I immediately turn into him. 
or turn into the dog and I just go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you ever turn back? Yeah, absolutely. I always, I always turn back. That's, that's the thing that that people don't get is you're only doing that for two seconds. Literally one, two, go right back, go right back. All you're doing is you got to remember that the, the dog's head is what's going to create that reactivity, right? So when you're moving forward and the dog starts to build, you're going to turn and, and go the other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have done that before. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it works. Like we're able to turn back and walk past the dog just fine. Um, and then sometimes it, sorry, they're playing. Um, anyways, sometimes we're not able to walk past and, um, and so then do you turn again? Like, cause then that sometimes that builds the anxiety more. Yeah. I mean, you, you could, you could, you could turn it, you could turn again. Um, but, but again, like you're taking, they're taking the dog's head and you're moving, right? So you're right. You're, you're saying, hey, like I know that you're focused on this and all you're doing by turning is you're taking that build. So think of it like a pot of water that's starting to simmer. Right. You're taking it off the heat a bit. You're just turning right. and you're going the other way. And then it immediately, whoo, boom, decreases. And then you immediately go back and you just keep doing that until, and you, you don't, I don't want to say you keep doing that because th- that's, just, that's just one avenue you could go down. That's the thing is right. like, that's what I was saying earlier about your handling is you have to, you have to be versatile with your handling. You have to diversify it. So go do an inside turn, do an outside turn, you know, lean on your corrections. There's so many different things that you could do. And that's what makes a good handler. A good handler is just like with right. anything else. Like you just have to know like a freestyle rapper, like you just can't teach that stuff. You just, you have it or you don't, you can either just do it or right. you can't. And so you have to just practice and practice and practice becoming a better handler. And some of that is just unteachable. You have to just know how to do it. And right. I encourage you to go out and practice. So inside turn, outside turn, corrections, obedience, drawbacks, down, sit, stay, leave it, all that stuff. And you're going to apply those things random, not randomly, but you're going to apply those things where they're applicable, where you feel like they're going to be needed. Right. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Well, we'll try it. I appreciate Yeah. I just, I felt like I was at a little bit of loss because my trainer was just not, um, was pretty much set in, you know, their mm-hmm. method. Right. And so I just kind of wanted to get somebody, somebody who had like worked a lot with e-callers too. And like, just kind of thoughts around that for reactivity. Cause there's not a lot of Austin trainers that use e-callers for reactivity or do it, I think in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just some ways to like think about kind of diversifying the portfolio of training tips. Yeah, no, I get it. And, and yeah, so that's, that's what you got to do. You got to diversify yeah. it and don't be afraid to, and just work on your handling and work on trying to get, you know, trying to, um, um, try to, try to decrease the reactivity with being proactive with obedience, mm-hmm. get up, give okay. them a job, make sure you're breaking, make sure you're healing, et cetera. How do you introduce a break? So like, how, like, would you recommend kind of using that in the, start using that in the house too? Cause I know some people are like, okay, you put your dog in a sit and it's yeah. supposed to stay in the sit till you break. Mm-hmm. And then you say break as the release word. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that he starts, he understands it for, for, um, but I use it beyond that. Yeah. Um, so it's a voice inflection really. Um, and, and what you can do is you can get a ball if you're in a heel and you just throw the ball in front you say break and the dog will start understanding that when you say break, they can release from you. So really it's a voice okay. inflection. It's, it's neutral heel, sit, place down break. So your voice inflection uh-huh. is what's going to, you know, make that happen. And then on top okay. of that, you can also inf- uh, reinforce that with maybe like a ball or kibble. Like if I'm in a room where there's, I'm not outside where there's grass and stuff, I'll take yeah. a handful of kibble and I'll go break and I'll just thro- throw the food out and I'll just, I'll literally just dismiss the dog with a verbal, but it's followed with uh, uh-huh. the dog actually physically going to chase a ball or toys and treats and food. So okay. <clears throat> you just have to practice it, but it's so huge. Like I said, I just filmed a video uh, on all of this uh, stuff, but. Okay. Cool. I'll check it out. Well, it's nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. I appreciate you signing up and uh, good luck. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.